Hello, and welcome to Healthy Bites, an all-encompassing podcast about your health from the Audrain County Health Department. Each week, we hope the information you hear on this show from a variety of experts in Audrain County, the state of Missouri, and the world will positively impact your health and your health decisions. We appreciate you taking the time out of your day to give us a listen. Now, on with the show with your host, Chris Newbra. Thanks and welcome to another edition of the Healthy Bites Podcast here at the Audrain County Health Department. I'm your host, Chris Newbra, and joining me this week, I've got the Audrain County Prosecutor, Jacob Schellenberger. How are you, sir? Doing great, Chris. Thanks so much for having me. Hey, no problem. Thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. We're bringing you on because not a lot of prosecutorial... uh, health news going on <laughs> not necessarily but but one thing it is starting to crop up and and it does affect health and that is drug use and uh one thing in Audrain County we're seeing a rise in is uh is opioid use and uh you know drug use as a whole Jacob I guess one of my, one of my first questions is is there a problem and uh what are we doing about it well, there is, and we're working on it. Okay. Uh, there's, there's a number of community groups that are coming together and sure. we're forming a cord. Audrain County, oh. Audrain County Coalition on Reducing Drugs. Audrain County Coalition on Reducing Drugs. Thank you so much. So no problem. We've, we're still getting used to the new acronym yep. because we've all come together and we had an idea about, great, we want to do this, but what do we call it? Right. So a right. cord is what we came up with, and it works out great. Right. Uh, the health department, our friends are here at the health department. Uh, local law enforcement, school districts, uh, kind of every there's a it's a multidisciplinary approach. Right, Arthur Center right. Community Health is really involved in that as well. Yep. We're trying to raise awareness about the fact that we do have a drug problem in this county, and that we have the resources locally to be able to address it, and trying to find the ways to reach people who have that who have addiction issues, and and coordinate efforts. So we're trying to get the right amount of education out there for mm-hmm. folks who need to learn more, who want to learn more. And we're trying to not just educate folks in the community, but students and educators as well, because that's where we're going to start seeing it. And we have seen it already right? Uh, in overdoses in the, school, in the school population and responding to that. And we right. have tools to do that, but it's best when we work together as a community to figure out what's going to be a coordinated strategy to do that. Why are you involved? Why is your office involved? Well, ultimately, we wind up prosecuting those that break the state's laws as far as as far as controlled substances go. Mm-hmm. But we're interested not just in stopping the source of controlled substances, but we're interested in making sure the community is healthier and has positive outcomes that come from this. Right. So okay. We understand the cycle of addiction. A lot of people commit crimes to support those addictions because they may steal from a family member. They may steal other things. They may steal from local businesses. Uh, they might rob people or commit crime, sure. other crimes. Uh, fraud, financial fraud, right? Bad checks to cash the bad checks to get the money to go get the drugs. And we believe that by working together that we can lower our chances that things are going to be uh, we're going to have longer impact and longer-term damage from the community. If we can reduce, uh, it's going to be better for all of us if we can reduce drugs and drug-related crime. Right, and and what some people don't understand, you know, that the ones that don't are, that aren't around people that use drugs and aren't around drugs and aren't around that lifestyle, I've always gone back to, you know, I thought of this back in my twenties, is that 
Drugs don't just affect those that are using them or those that are connected to those that are using them. They affect the whole community. And the simple fact that you walk into a grocery store and pick up a can of peas to buy it for supper, it's probably a couple cents higher because they're dealing with people that are stealing, that are using drugs. They're stealing to get those drugs. And so it's going to drive your prices up at the, at the checkout. Right. And it's, we've noticed that in the community as well. Sure. We have a significant, we have a Walmart in town, mm-hmm. which is great. They have a lot of things out there. They support our tax economy quite well. Right. Because uh, people go out there because there's things that they need. But they're, you know, there are a lot of people that choose to steal from Walmart. Mm-hmm. And we need to prosecute that mm-hmm. because mostly they're taking stuff they can resell right. or stuff they can, or stuff they need so they can use money to do other things. It's kind of a quick turnaround as far as money goes and fraud and those kind of things. And it's important that, you know, it, for a family that struggles with addiction, for a family that struggles with a child that's, a, that has, that's addicted, a parent that's addicted, that is time, resources, and energy that's being spent on something other than building the family. A family right. in crisis because they're responding to someone with controlled substance issues is not a family that's focused on doing the right thing for their neighbors, is not a, fact, is not a family that can give back to the community. And it's just, it's not a happy family. Right. It's, it's so far involved and interwoven in the way a family operates. You, know, they can't, you can't really think about, drugs reduce the ability for people to think about others other than themselves. Right. They're it's always not, looking for the next. The next high, exactly. Yeah. yeah they're, they're not, and it's not just draining on the person using the drugs, but it's also draining on the extended family. Right. You right. know what I mean? Because it's, there's. So many, whether it's uh, grandparents that are having to take care of children, right. uh, of grandchildren, uh, extended family members taking in other extended fa- extended family members, mm-hmm. the family will still come in and support, mm-hmm. but it puts a tremendous amount of strain on them. And right. so when grandma can't count on, is, is responsible for taking care of making sure the grandkids get where they need to go right. because her daughter, her son can't take care of those kids, can't be reliable for those kids because they either don't have money, don't have resources, or they just have, have a completely disorganized life. Right. They're in the throes of addiction and they can't break it. Right. Yeah. Um, as far as, you know, this isn't your first rodeo with drug addiction, with drug. You guys at the prosecutor's office put together a drug court a yes. while back. How's that going? Drug treatment court is going very well. Okay. Um, one of the things that we've found is that by bringing community resources together and then providing some wraparound services and really encouraging people in the community to change their people, places, and things, once they come into the criminal justice system, they're evaluated for if they meet our criteria. Mm-hmm. Are they a high risk for, for committing crimes? Are they a high risk because of their addictions? Are there, Have their addictions progressed to a high enough point where they need a significant, uh, significant resources to be spent on them for, for fixing that. And right. treatment court is a structured program where if they come in, they plead guilty that they've possessed a controlled substance, then or they've committed a crime res- relating to possession of controlled substances. That if they complete the program, then they're going to come in and they're going to ask the judge if they can withdraw their guilty plea, mm. and I'm going to let them do it. And I'm going to dismiss the case. Mm-hmm. And it's it's as if that felony never happened. Okay. It's only for felony cases. Um, but there are all kinds of people from all walks of life that have been there, that have been a part of the program. And because we've been successful for the last 15, 16 years in treatment court, 
um, now there are people in the community that are productive, tax-paying citizens with families mm-hmm. that are able to give back to their community and be vibrant parts of our community who, at the time they went through the program, were, were addicted mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Had, a, had serious drug issues. And now we've helped them change their people, places, and things, and they're valued members of our community. And as far as, uh, you know, the, the recidivism of, of that program, have you seen that? Is that is that becoming an issue, or, or is it pretty much sticking with them as they go through it? For the most part, it's sticking. There's Good. always going to be issues where people slide back into old sure. habits and sure. old uh, people, places, and things. But we have largely been successful in that program in bringing – uh, people that graduate that program don't come back. Good, good. Now, Accord, uh, this came about because uh, uh, the concern over the opioid addiction that's going on in, this, in not just this community, but in uh, the world, basically, America. Um, we, when we started looking into it, we found that uh, we had, in 2023, 2022, we had 79 overdoses, overdose calls. Uh, by emergency services through november 1st of last year 2023 we were already at 82 i'm sorry that's backwards we had 83 calls in in 2022 of overdose november 1st of last year we had 79 we ended up going i think over 90 for the year in those overdose calls so this came about because we saw a concerning problem growing what is your hope with Accord? I mean, we're, we're looking at all drugs, but what is your hope with Accord? What do you hope to see? Now, we hope that we can reduce dependence on prescription medications mm-hmm. and the, the illegal ways that people can obtain them. But also, you know, those are they're precision tools. They're designed to be used for a specific use in a specific way. Right. And just like any tool, they're subject to misuse. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing we want to do is we're trying to avoid switching to more illicit substances, more substances that don't have quality control, uh, like heroin. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the fentanyl that we've been seeing, um, you know, that's it's really a small amount of these controlled substances can cause a ridiculous amount of damage. Uh, you know, just one pill, just one hit, just mm-hmm. one mm-hmm. small dose can be enough. A few grains of sand size, enough fentanyl under the right circumstances can kill you. Right. Yeah, it's – it's, and so our, I think our hope with this is that we can find a way to reach that community. Right. To, to, to figure out how can we get inside that community and cause an effect. Right, and – you know, social media is going to play a part of that strategy. Mm-hmm. A lot of people spend a lot of time on social media mm-hmm. uh, using it for good purposes and for purposes <laughs> that aren't so good. Right. But we hope that by coordinating our efforts across all these, we can do some education uh, and we can reach people where they are. Uh, maybe we'll use some non-traditional methods to do it. We need to be as open-minded as we can, but mm-hmm. not let our brains fall out and stay right. focused on the main thing. Because as much focus as we can place on finding ways that are going to reach these audiences effectively uh, matters a great deal. Uh, the guys that are the guys that are working shift, guys mm-hmm. and gals that work shift around here, mm-hmm. they may not necessarily catch m- messages through traditional media. That's right. That's they right. Made, you know, we need to be willing to work harder and go farther and do different things beyond. Not every word. Everybody works eight to five in this town, and that's completely understandable. Sure. And okay. And 
you know, we, we're a hardworking bunch of people, mm-hmm. and we want to do the work to make our community better. And we're willing to spend the time, get coordinated, and find the right messages to do that. But we know we're going to have to change some of what we're doing, too. What do you mean by that? What do you, what do you mean by changing? I think it's more we need to be aware of different messages, different mediums, and different ways that people interpret things. Okay. When we talk about changing people, places, and things in the in treatment court, then we need to understand who the people are, what those places are, and what those things are. Mm-hmm. And my life is very different than your life or the, or the life of somebody that's working overnights at the factories here in town. Right. Or somebody or a single mom with three kids who's trying to find some kind of way to get those kids fed and clothed and to, off to school and work with all the programs that are necess- that she needs to help get that done. Right. And the broader spectrum and coalition we can find of people across the community, the better we're going to be able to communicate with them. You know, it's nice. It's very good to have uh, our friends at Arthur Center Community Health. Mm -hmm. It's good to have the health department here. It's good to have law enforcement, the school districts. um, CMCA. CMCA, yes. You know, people that see a very broad spectrum of our community, we need to make sure that we're looking at as many diverse sources so we can communicate in as diverse a ways as we need to. I'm going to ask you a question, now because we haven't answered it yet in the coalition, but maybe you've got some ideas, and that is, how are we going to fund this? Well, <laughs> not to throw you under the bus. But no, bump, bump, surely but. not. <laughs> I, I do not know the answer to that. Okay. There, are, yeah. there's, there are some ideas about ways that we can use some available government programs, grants, funds, and uh, perhaps some of the settlement funds from the lawsuits that have been filed against the opioid manufacturers by city, county, health department, all right. the units, subunits that have come together, uh, as those are starting to settle, some funds are becoming available. Mm-hmm. The question that we have largely is tied up in red tape about what can we spend it on, what's an acceptable use, and it was all written by lawyers, so it's going to take <laughs> lawyers to figure it out. <laughs> and so, uh, because I spend almost all of my time doing criminal law, right. um, I I have I'm, it takes me a long time to get up to speed sure. on it because it's all written by civil lawyers doing civil lawyer things. And, you know, health people, the health people and the law people and everybody else is all in different kind of camps and silos. And it's written right. in different ways. Right, right. And so we're trying to find as creative a way as we can to be able to find what are what's education strategies, what are public communication strategies, and what are going to be strategies that are proven mm-hmm. or just mm-hmm. new things we can test and try something's going to work we're going to reach this community and we can do that yeah and and it's going to take a lot of work as you pointed out it's not going to be something that we go hey just throw a bunch of money at and it fixes it you know right. we have to be smart about how right. we do it uh, yeah. there have been you know uh early on in the in the in the Early on in the process about fighting drugs, it was just say no. Right. And that was that works for a certain percent of the population. Sure. But that's not much help when you don't say no. And right. it's, well, I didn't say no. What else? What's next? And trying to find a way to welcome and bring those members of the community that have struggled with addiction, bring them back in uh, using our own resources. We, we're using our own resources here in town, but 
if we can find ways to fund that and be sourced from other places, and particularly from those that have done the harm, mm-hmm. that will be helpful. And we also got to be open to looking outside the community for help. You know, as far as uh, there's organizations out there that are have been in our shoes already, right. and so you know, why not take a look at see what they've done and adapt it if it if it'll work here. Yeah, if it's scalable, if it's something that we can do, we are blessed in this community and in this county to have resources to be able to respond. Now, we may not have a lot, but we're going to work hard and we're going to work smart to be able to respond in ways that are appropriate for here. Yeah, and we're not, I don't think that as a coalition that we're going to be a bunch of government agencies coming together go, we don't want to talk to the public. We want their input. We want to hear what their ideas are because... They're the ones that are dealing with it all uh, every day. You know, we're not we're dealing with it as well, but we're dealing with it in a different way. They're dealing with it in their way, and we need to hear that. Yeah, and that's something I'm looking forward to. The next phase of the Accord Project is how are we going to engage the community? Mm-hmm. What can we hear, and where mm-hmm. are we going? Fortunately, we've got a pretty good template and another pro- another pilot project in town with the Careers to Community mm-hmm. Cradle to Career mm-hmm. program. Uh, and some of their funding, and so I hope we can use a little bit of the path that they've laid yeah. about communicating with the public, about figuring out where needs are and what ne- what needs are there, and finding ways to respond in a positive manner. So it's very exciting uh, that C2C is here in the community, but it's also a good opportunity for us to work together because we can solve these problems and move forward, uh, and we can... Uh, work for a better future one issue one 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 topic i wanted to talk about real quick was the youth that are facing this problem um the that to me i think would be is going to become a focus for us because i'm hearing from the community hey you need to not forget that drug problems usually start when you're young so how are you addressing it now and how can we possibly move that over to uh, you know, the coalition and, 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 and expand it maybe. Well, we'd like to look more at involving local youth in finding some kind of social ways to make it just not okay to use drugs. Right. Um, we've talked about that. Uh, we've talked about that some, about what those strategies are going to look like. But finding with new media, with the new way people relate with each other, with social media and with instantaneous communication, right. you know, people's attention spans are shorter we've got to find ways to reach them and that's something i'm looking forward to spending more time doing i hope i hope to and i'm looking forward to finding ways to involve local youth in the community uh, from across our community about how can we do this how can we reach other students what are things that matter are there influencers are there ways we can do this through individual communication are there ways we can do this in small groups there's all kinds of options there, and we're certainly looking forward to exploring as many of them as we can. Yeah, and, and that's, you know, talking with uh, 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 another friend in another county that's in education, <laughs> he told me, he said, here's one thing you don't want to do. He said, you don't want to go into a meeting not knowing what you're talking about. And he said, you need to be up on the latest lingo and everything going in to talk to those kids, because if you're not, you've lost them already. Right. There are a number of social media-engaged law enforcement officers that I follow. There's Tall Cop Says Stop, and there's a handful of others that are quite that are very good. Mm-hmm. And they're always sharpening their skills, figuring out where they need to be. 
and figuring out what are trends, what's going on, and how can we how can we make it better, and respond to that, and use our more traditional law enforcement tools to be able to respond with the rest of the community and finding ways to keep youth off of drugs. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, um, we're in our infancy. <laughs> Give us some time. Yeah. That I think that's what we need to ask from the public right now is sure. you know, patience. Let's let's you know take the yeah. the rational approach to this and not just jump in with both feet and not know what we're doing. No, we need to act. We need to act smart. Make a plan for these next steps and make sure we're all together and doing them. Yep. Because we need to make sure that we're using the best use of our resources that we have because they are limited here. All right. Uh, but we can be effective if we work together. That's right. Jacob, thank you so much for coming in today. Appreciate it. No problem, Chris. Good to be here. That is Prosecuting Attorney uh, Jacob Shellbarger with the Audrain County Prosecuting Attorney's Office, and this is the Healthy Bites Podcast here at the Audrain County Health Department. I'm your host, Chris Newbra. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you again next week. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Audrain County Health Department's Healthy Bites podcast. We hope you will join us again next week as we bring you more discussion on health matters affecting Audrain County residents and the world with your host, Chris Newbra. If you liked what you heard here, you can find out more information on our website, myachd.org. That's myachd.org. Thanks for listening. See you next week.